0: Of the blind, there's no one like you, None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no. To the darkness.
1: Where are you? One, two, three, four. Relax. Yeah, relax. Ah. Okay. You're doing very good. Yeah, hello. American. <laughs> <laughs> Big smile. I served for a year in East Asia and sharing the gospel. I served in East Asia for one year as a missionary. I wanted to experience something new. So I decided to go to overseas. 한국의 젊은이들은 찾고 있어요. 그들이 일할 기회를. 이 프로그램을 통해서 그들의 삶이 완전히 바뀌었습니다. INB 선교사로서 우리는 이 청년들에게 예수 그리스도를 증거하는 훈련을 시킵니다. 이들은 집중 훈련을 통해서 6개월, 1년 동안 그곳에서 INB 선교사와 함께 협력 사역을 합니다. The unforgettable moment was meeting a new friend
2: to surrender to God and be baptized.
1: She began to cry when he shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then she received Jesus as Lord. I met one friend, and she didn't heard the gospel before, so I felt really very sad. I met a friend in English Corner, and I shared my testimony, and he received Jesus as uh, his Lord. I shared the gospel with a man for six months, and he finally accepted Jesus. 이 청년들이 많은 결실을 맺지 못한 날지라도 그곳에서 선교사로서의 경험을 하고 돌아옵니다. 돌아온 후에 복음 증거의 열정을 회복하고 혹은 풀타임 사역자로 헌신하기도 합니다. It was great experience. It taught me a lot of humility. He taught me how to share the gospel to my friends and my co-workers.
3: I found my calling to join seminary and be a pastor, so that I can serve people and tell the gospel to the people full time.
1: Through this experience, now I want to be a missionary. 미국의 성도들의 라리문 성교, 성, 성탄 헌금을 통해서 한국의 청년들이 그리스도의 제자로 훈련받고 그리고 복음으로 Morning and
4: welcome First Baptist Church. This is our season of prayer for world missions between now and the end of the year. And Through your giving to our World Missions offering, you're enabled not only young Koreans to come to know Christ, but now they are going as missionaries around the world as well, many of them giving a year of their lives. I want to encourage those of you who are graduating from college, there's a program that we have. You can give two years after you graduate from college to go uh, as a missionary, Uh, and I want to encourage you to consider that. If you don't have plans, when you graduate from college, what better life experience, what better investment in the kingdom? Uh, Go to Go two years and look at that uh, and give it a try. Uh, There is a prayer guide in your bulletin today. I want to encourage you to take it and put it in your Bible and then put your Bible either on your nightstand or on your desk or um, somewhere that uh, you will uh, see it regularly. And this week, why don't you read your Bible every day and pray for, for one of these missionaries every day. That will bless you, and it will invest in the world. Would you join us in supporting World Missions in praying? We support World Missions two ways. A percentage of what you give in the offering plate every Sunday goes to World Missions, and then once a year in our special World Missions offering, about half the support comes from those two sources. And so we're grateful for your investment around the world. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, glad you're here today, maybe some of you are visiting family for the Thanksgiving weekend, and we're so glad that you've come to worship with us today and welcome to you if you're here for the first time we'd love to know your name love for you to register there's a guest registration card in the pew rack in front of you you can take it during the service fill it out place it in the offering plate at the end of the service place on there if you have a prayer request or want our newsletter or other responses we're glad you're here today and now we turn the page into Christmas already right because today's the first day of December we're grateful to folks who decorated our worship center for Christmas appreciate these volunteers it looks great in here and uh During the month of December, I'm going to be sharing a Christmas sermon series on the first and second comings of Christ. Those two comings go together, and we're going to be looking in Scripture at how they go together. But they also go together in many of the songs that we sing. And so every Sunday, we're going to be singing a Christmas carol that has verses that reference the first coming of Christ and verses that reference the second coming of Christ. Many of them are that way. So today, a a great Christmas carol, probably my favorite, by Isaac Watts, Joy to the World. And the first verse that we're going to sing is definitely about the first coming of Christ. It says, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. That's what I hope you'll do today. Would you prepare room in your heart for Jesus? Would you receive him as your king? But most of the other verses reference his second coming. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. He doesn't reign across the world now, but he will one day. And then the next verse says, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found, the one that we celebrate in his first coming at Christmas is going to come again, and no more will thorns infest the the land. So, as we sing these carols, look for references to his first coming, and let's celebrate together his second advent as well as we worship together. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, today we pray for the peoples around the world who do not know Jesus as Savior. Help us to be obedient to you in sharing the gospel with them through our prayers, our giving, and our witness. And Lord, as we begin now our celebration of Christmas, uh, Oh, Lord, may the joy that flows from your coming flow into our hearts. And may every heart prepare him room. And we look forward to the day when heaven and nature will all sing Jesus is Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: I do. joyful joyful we adore thee lord you know the song <laughs> joyful joy Stop.
4: The word Advent means coming. We celebrate at Advent or at Christmas the coming of Jesus into our world. You see, Jesus Christ existed as the eternal Son of God forever in heaven. But then at a point in time, by the goodness of God, he came to earth. That's his first coming. He was born as a baby of a virgin. He grew up to be a man. He taught us how to live. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the dead. He ascended back into heaven, and one day he's coming again. That will be his second advent or second coming. And this Christmas, I want to share with you a series of sermons this month on the first and second comings of Jesus. I've never preached a series like this at, at Christmas, but as I studied the scriptures, I came to see that the two comings of Jesus Go together. They're often referenced together in Scripture. So we're going to look at both comings of Jesus this month, see the similarities, see the differences, see the foundation of our hope. And we begin today, we want to look at some Old Testament prophecies that prophesied the coming of Jesus. And we find that both the first and second comings of Jesus are prophesied in the Old Testament. Now they're not delineated they're not separated this is the first this is the second in fact they're sort of compressed together it's sort of looking like a distant range of mountains I've got a uh, picture to show you of some mountain ranges a beautiful view of the Smoky Mountains and when you look from a distance at mountain ranges ridge behind ridge um, it looks like maybe they're close together and when you look at this ridge and then look at that one, you might think, those are pretty close together, right? But that's because you're looking at them from such a far distance removed. Because if you got to this mountaintop, you would see that it was a long way over to that next mountaintop, right? That's what we have in the prophecies of the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophesies the comings of Jesus. And from where they're standing, they look close together Uh, they're seeing them from a distance but when we get to them we see both the first and second comings of jesus prophesied so today let's look at that and see what i'm talking about and there are four uh, prophecies that we want to look at today and for each of these four prophecies we want to see where is predicted both the first coming of christ and the second coming of christ we begin with isaiah chapter 9 if you have your bible Uh, Turn with me there, or you can follow on the screen. And Isaiah 9 says this, if you're taking notes, want to fill in the little chart, about the first coming of Christ. It says that light will shine from Galilee. It's a prophecy that the Messiah will come from the region of Galilee. Let's read about it in Isaiah 9, verses 1 and 2. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress, that's a good word. In the past, he, that is God, humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. So this refers to the two of the 12 tribes of Israel that were settled in the land were Zebulun and Naphtali, and they were given the part of Galilee, the northern part. And in Isaiah's day, that region had been humbled. That is, God had allowed tiglath the king of Assyria, to come from the north, invade Galilee, and capture the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. So in Isaiah's day, this region had been brought low. Now the prophecy is, but in the future, continuing reading in verse 1, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. So here's a prophecy that Galilee is going to be honored. How will it be honored? Verse 2 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned. So the prophecy is that God's going to shine his light from the region of Galilee, formerly humbled, will now be honored. Well, that was fulfilled in the first coming of Jesus. Let's read together. From Matthew chapter 4 verses 12 through 16 and Matthew says Matthew 4 12 when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison he withdrew to Galilee leaving Nazareth so he grew up in Nazareth Jesus grew up in this region that would be honored Nazareth is in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali it's in Galilee and then when he grew up he left Nazareth and he went to live in Capernaum a larger town also in Galilee, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So God fulfilled the prediction of Isaiah 700 years earlier, and the Messiah came from Galilee, his light shone from Galilee. The prophecy said he'd be born in Bethlehem, but would shine from Galilee. How could both be true? Well, Mary and Joseph from Nazareth went to Bethlehem. He was born there, went back home to Nazareth. That's where he grew up, made his headquarters in Capernaum. God's word perfectly fulfilled. Isn't that amazing? Now, let's go back to Isaiah 9 again and continue reading, and we'll see prophecies of his second coming. In fact, the rest of this chapter moves to his second coming. I'll pick up in verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Well, that's still about his first coming, right? And we know that when Jesus came from heaven in his first advent, he didn't come as a full-grown man, but he was born of a virgin. He came into mother's womb, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. But the second half of that verse moves right to his second coming and the government will be on his shoulders. Was the government on his shoulders at his first coming? No. But at his second coming, the government will be on his shoulders. So here in one verse are two mountain ranges that appear back to back when indeed they're referencing his first and his second coming. And it says in the latter part of verse 6, he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, And verse 7 says, of the greatness of his government and peace, there'll be no end. So the prophecy here, if you want to fill in that blank, that there'll be a government of peace forever. You know, we've got government problems, don't we? And some people fret about the government. And I don't believe Christians should ever fret about the government. Oh, we ought to be concerned, we ought to pray, we ought to be involved. But Christians couldn't fret about the government. You know why? Because our government problems are going to be solved. Because one day, the government's going to be on his shoulders. And it says in the rest of this verse, And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Oh, don't you look forward to the day when the government will be on his shoulders. And there'll be a reign of peace. And we as Christians have that to look forward to. And we celebrate it now at Christmas. It's not come yet. It's not going to come until his second advent. But the ball has started rolling, and so we celebrate now the second half of verse 6 because the first half of verse 6 has come to us. A child is born to us. A son is given. Let's look at a second prophecy and see this same pattern. Let's turn a couple of pages over in your Bible to Isaiah 11. And Isaiah 11 says of his first coming, it prophesies the Messiah will descend from David. The Messiah will descend from David. Read it in Isaiah 11, 1. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Now let me explain that. Jesse was David's father. God had promised that um, there would be a king forever descended from David. He said, now, if David's sons disobey me, I'll cut off the line, but I will revive it and there will be a son forever. And so the family tree of David was indeed judged and it, like the family tree was cut down and there's just a stump there now Jehoiachin was one of the great 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 grandsons of of David and the line of kings from David continued for a long time and then Jehoiachin taken to Babylon the family tree cut down no more david kings there was never another david king they came back from exile but after they came back from exile no descendant of Jehoiachin no descendant of David ever ruled on the throne it was like a stump the line of David had been cut down. Now, in the verse right before this, I don't have it on the screen. If you want to look back in your Bible at the last verse of chapter 10, he said, I will also cut down Assyria, and I'm going to cut off the line of Assyria. And he did. You don't know any Assyrians, do you? No, you don't know any Assyrians. That tree's been cut down. The tree of Judah was cut down. But you know the difference is? Difference between the two, 11 and 1, a shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. That stump's going to sprout, he says. Yeah, it's going to be a long time. It's just a stump. No David King. But from that stump will come a shoot, a sprout. And from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. And that's a prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. And that's fulfilled in the coming of Jesus. Again, let me read it to you in the New Testament. The very first verse in the New Testament. The first thing that the New Testament wants you to know. This is the genealogy. Why is genealogy the first word? Because it said "There's the stump that was cut down will sprout. The genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, son of Abraham. And so he was a descendant of David, and the royal line is revived, and we rejoice at Christmas because a, the stump is sprouted. A shoot has come forth from it. Now, let's go back to Isaiah 11, same chapter, and we'll see prophecies of his second coming back to back. I'll pick up uh, in verse 4. Isaiah eleven four. 4, But with righteousness he'll judge the needy. With justice he'll give decisions for the poor of the earth. He'll strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he'll slay the wicked. Did Jesus do those things in his first coming? No, he really wasn't a judge in his first coming, but this verse tells us in his second coming, he will judge the world with righteousness. He will be a judge, and he'll strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. That is, Jesus is just going to speak judgment, and it's going to happen. And the book of Revelation uses that exact phraseology to tell us that when Jesus comes back again, he's just going to speak, and the enemies arrayed against him will be defeated. He'll slay them by the breath of his mouth, by the words from his tongue. Verse 5 says of Isaiah eleven five, 5, righteousness will be his belt, faithfulness the sash around his waist. And verse 6, the wolf will live with the lamb. Did that happen at his first coming? No. You keep a wolf and, your, and a lamb in your backyard now, and one of them is not going to be happy. One might be happy, but one is not going to be happy. And you're probably going to have to keep replenishing lambs if you want to keep that going, right? But one day, the wolf will live with the lamb. So what started at his first coming will be completed at his second. And nature is going to be restored. It says the leopard will live, lie down with the goat, the calf, and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. In verse 7, the cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. I don't know what nature was like in the Garden of Eden I think maybe it was like this I I think there was no predation no uh, no uh, carnivorous action of animals upon another but I know it's going to be that way when Jesus returns there's going to be the creation is going to be restored and and there's going to be a perfect balance It goes on to say in verse 9, They'll neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as waters cover the sea. Nothing to fear from the imbalance of the natural world. A child can play by a serpent's den, it says. And creation's going to be redeemed just as we're being redeemed now. We have that hope to look forward to. He's going to complete that at his second coming. Let's go to another, one more in Isaiah, Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, it is the servant of the Lord speaking, the Messiah speaking. In Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom from the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, to, verse 2, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. So the Messiah, the servant, is speaking in this passage. Jesus from heaven is speaking of what it's going to be like, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord will be on me, and I'll preach good news to the poor, and I'll liberate prisoners, and it will be the year of God's favor. So here's a prophecy of the year of God's favor. Here's a prophecy of good news being preached to the poor. Jesus himself said he fulfilled this verse. Let me read it to you in Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 16. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. So he's come home, and they let this uh, homeboy come preach. So he reads the scripture, scripture reading for the day stood up and read read verse 17 and the scroll of the prophet isaiah was handed to him and unrolling it he found the place where it's written the spirit of the lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the lord's favor he read isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2 And then it says in verse 20, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, So here's the first of his sermon. They they sat down to preach. It was the seat of teaching, so he sat down. Everybody looks at him. And here's how he started this sermon. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus said, this is it, I'm the one who's the Messiah. I'm the one filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm here to preach good news to the poor, to liberate those who are in bondage, to give sight to the blind. And Jesus literally opened blind eyes at his first coming and he opened blind spiritual eyes to the truth. He fulfilled Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2, just as he said. But did you notice he didn't read all of verse 62? Do you notice where he stopped his quotation? Jesus read all of Isaiah 61, one, and most of Isaiah 61, two. look back at it and you'll see that he left out a phrase. He stopped before a phrase. He stopped before the words and the day of vengeance of our God. Why did Jesus stop in the middle of a sentence? Why didn't he read the whole passage? because that part of that verse will not be fulfilled until his second coming. At his first coming, he fulfilled the year of God's favor. At his second coming, he will fulfill and the day of his vengeance. Wow! You see those mountain ranges back to back? Two phrases back to back in Isaiah 61, 2. And we know that the first one was fulfilled at Jesus' first coming because he said it was. And we know the second one will be fulfilled at his second coming because he stopped before it. And if the first half of the verse is true, I'm betting the second half of the verse is true too, don't you? So there's coming a day of vengeance. We are privileged to live in the year of the Lord's favor. They had this thing in the Old Testament, the year of Jubilee one year every 50 years where debts were forgiven, slaves were let free, property went back to its owner. It was a great year of freedom. He says, this is the year of Jubilee. This is the year of God's favor, amnesty, forgiveness. No matter what you've done, you can be forgiven. This is the day when the one who the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, he's preaching good news to the poor. You can be forgiven of whatever you've done. You can go to heaven no matter who you are. You can have spiritual insight. You can be set free from bondage. This is the year of the Lord's favor, but there's coming the day of vengeance. It's a limited time opportunity, and his second coming will be the day of payback, of revenge, of recompense, of judgment upon sin, and that is prophesied there as well. Let's look at one more. One more Old Testament passage that has both his first and his second comings prophesied, Zephaniah chapter 9. And Zephaniah chapter 9 verse 9 says, prophesies that the Messiah will ride a donkey into Jerusalem. He'll be gentle and lowly and he'll ride a donkey into Jerusalem. Zechariah 9, 9, rejoice greatly daughter of Zion. Shout daughter of Jerusalem, see your king comes to you. Righteous and having salvation victorious lowly and riding on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And we know that that verse was fulfilled at his first coming. Jesus did just this. I'll read to you Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through 5 for the fulfillment. After they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there and her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he'll send them back right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Just what Isaiah, Zechariah 9.9 9 says Jesus deliberately fulfilled on his entrance into Jerusalem to show us he is the King who has come, but the rest of Zechariah nine nine was not fulfilled that day or any other in his first coming. Let's go back to it one more time. In Zechariah nine ten, the very next verse says, "I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken." And he'll proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. Did that happen when he rode the donkey into Jerusalem that day? No, none of that in verse 10 happened that day. He didn't break battle bows. He didn't, he didn't uh, break down all the weapons of warfare. He didn't set up a reign of peace that would last forever. But he will at his second coming, at his second coming, just as verse 9 was fulfilled, so verse 10 will be fulfilled, he'll reign in peace. Let me pick out just a few other verses in this chapter, you can read them all later, but let me read to you verse 14, then the Lord will appear over them. First, he came riding lowly on a donkey, but at his second coming, he will appear over us, and his arrow will fall flash like lightning, a suddenness to his coming, and the sovereign Lord will sound the trumpet. In Paul, in Thessalonians, and in Revelation, it speaks again and again in First Corinthians that the trumpet call will sound to signal his return, and he'll march in the storms of the south. I'll read to you verse 16. And the Lord their God will save his people on that day as a shepherd saves his flock and they'll sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown those reference his return the one who rode lowly into Jerusalem on a donkey will one day appear over us and the trumpet will sound and he will save us on that day that is He'll complete our salvation. Your salvation begins at conversion. When you say, yes, I believe Jesus is the Son of God who died for me and rose again, and I receive him into my life, then you're saved. But he saves you. He completes your salvation when he comes back to liberate your body and redeem your body as well and to make all things new. And he'll save us on that day, and we'll sparkle like jewels in a crown. You see the picture? If you took notes read down that first column for each of those the Bible has told us that the light will shine from Galilee that the Messiah will descend from David that he'll preach good news it'll be the year of favor and he'll ride a donkey into Jerusalem proclaiming himself king every one of those things in that first column took place at his first coming so now read that second column there'll be a government of peace forever The lion and the lamb will live together. It'll be a day of a vengeance, and the Lord will appear over them, and the trumpet will sound. You know what? I believe every one of those in that second column will take place as well. You know why? Because God's track record's pretty good. You can bet on God he got everything right the first coming. I think he probably get everything right the second coming. Do you believe in the return of Christ? Some people say, I don't know. Is Jesus really going to come back? Really? listen you read these prophecies and you see that exactly what God said would happen happened at his first coming you can trust that what God says will happen at his second coming as well and at Christmas we celebrate not only the benefits of his first coming but we celebrate the benefits of his second we sing about joy to the world he rules the world in truth and grace well He's not ruling it all yet, but he's going to. He rules in our hearts now, and one day he'll rule it all. And so it's coming just as those mountain ranges are back to back. And so we live with hope and peace even when the government is not good, even when we don't have full joy now, even when we don't see all of the benefits. We live with joy and hope at his first coming because his second is just as sure. That is why we celebrate this season. Would you bow with me in prayer? Oh, Lord God, thank you that you sent your son Jesus. I pray that in this moment now, there'll be those who say yes to Jesus in the year of his favor and receive Jesus as Lord of their lives, that they'll be ready for the day of his vengeance. And I pray, Lord, for those who are downtrodden in life that our hope will be restored this Christmas season because one day the lion will lie down with a lamb. The little child will play fearlessly by the hold of a serpent. And, oh, God, we long for that day when the government is on your shoulders. Oh, Lord, help us live with hope and faith until then. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing a song of invitation. If today you would receive Jesus as king of your life, if you'll bow your knee to him and confess him as Lord, I would invite you to walk forward, meet me or another pastor here to confess your faith. We'll rejoice with you. You can plan to be baptized as a sign of, of uh, your faith in him. Today could be that beginning. This is the year of God's favor. Don't know how long it's going to last, but this is the year of God's favor. Would you come? Maybe you need a church home. We'd invite you to come. Maybe you need prayer. You're welcome to come at this time.
0: Who has the power to raise the dead? Who can save us from our sin? He is our whole, our righteousness. Jesus, only Jesus. Who can make Holds the keys that set us free. He paid it all. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Please be seated. We're going to give our offerings now. We worship by giving back to him what he's so graciously given us to say thank you. Thank you, God. You've been so good to us. And we end our Thanksgiving weekend by giving and uh, returning to him. If you're a guest with us, you can place your guest card in the offering plate. I'll be at the Welcome Center after our closing. I'd love to visit with any guests, have a small gift for you. Well, invite anyone to stop by and visit me on the way out. Thanks for coming.
5: Bow with me, please. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day and this opportunity to come to your house, fellowship with other believers, Lord. We thank you for this season, for this time that we spend counting our blessings and realizing just how blessed we are, Lord, and as many have searched for perfect gifts this weekend for upcoming Christmas season, Lord, we realize that you gave us the most perfect gift. Thank you, Lord, for your coming and for the Uh, way in which people generations ago waited for your coming. Lord, we now wait for your second coming. And the opportunity we have, Lord, to share the good news with others here in our community and all around the world through our mission offering. We thank you for this opportunity to, as a part of our worship, um, give our offerings to you, Lord, and pray that you'll bless it as it spreads your message all across this dark world. In Jesus' name.
0: The stars are brightly shining. It is the night. three oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy, in grateful chorus raise we, let all within us praise his word. Praise His name forever. Noel, Noel, oh night, oh night divine.
3: Thank you, Todd. you got an incredible voice. Hey, just want to make you aware of just a couple of opportunities to minister to, to people around our community. This year, you'll see in your worship guide, our angel tree is out, and that is located right down the hallway here as you're exiting the sanctuary. And uh, you can grab one of those angels off there and, and register, put your name and number down there, and then have those gifts returned back here by December 15th. So it's just a couple of weeks. And these angels, uh, we've partnered with the Coffee County Schools, and so they're able... Uh, to give us names of young kids who otherwise wouldn't be receiving anything at Christmas. And so we're just helping uh, supply basic needs. And so those angels are hanging down there in the tree. Please, if you're interested in ministering to another family in our community in that way, you can pick up an angel down there. And also our Christmas food boxes that we do each year. Uh, we'll be collecting money for those. And so you can see that you can donate money toward those food boxes. It says each box costs $42. And so we will pack those, uh, boxes up on December 20th, and then they will be delivered on December 21st, so uh, please be a part of these couple of opportunities to minister to people in our community, and this uh, Saturday and Sunday night, Todd, do you want to tell us anything about uh, your Christmas musical that's coming up? It's going to be
0: awesome, and we, we, got, we got 16, uh, or 17, I can't remember how many now, orchestra members, so we're going to have harp and and percussion, and we got a full brass section, and we got woodwinds and three violins and man it's going to be awesome and of course we've got the best choir or you know around uh uh, yeah yeah woo and we got and and some great soloists and chris welch is going to be doing the narration for us and it's it's going to be a great great event definitely put you in the christmas spirit uh this is a musical that was created by michael w smith and amy grant and wes king Uh, so it's got that it's got all those really great songs i think he
3: does the best job of creating those christmas things
0: but anyway this Sunday night, or actually Saturday night
3: and Sunday night at 6 o'clock. So don't miss that on those uh, that upcoming uh, event this Saturday and Sunday night. Let me close this in prayer, and then again, if you're a first-time guest, we ask that you, as you're exiting these doors, you can head down to your left, and you can meet our uh, lead pastor, Dr. Cox, down there at the welcome desk. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to serve you, and I just want to take a moment to pray for the missionaries as uh, uh, that will be s- uh, supported through our Lottie Moon Christmas offering that we're we're giving to. And, Lord, we want to pray for the families that will be receiving uh, the gifts through this angel tree and the food boxes and others in our community. God, help us to be a light for you uh, in our community. We thank you that we have the opportunity to share your love uh, here in Manchester and and being a part of sharing your love around the world. God, we thank you for uh, the opportunity to minister, and and we just pray, Lord, that we leave here encouraged and challenged and, and faithful to serve you. Lord, it's in your sons, and we pray.